Did you know that babies born to a mother with hepatitis B have a greater than 90% chance, that's 90, 90% chance of developing chronic hepatitis B if they are not properly treated at birth? This is why it's so important to identify pregnant women that have hepatitis B in order to get ahead of the game and do everything we can to prevent this vertical transmission. Now, I don't know about you, but I always got confused about which antiviral therapies are approved for hepatitis B and which are approved for hepatitis C. So in this podcast, we're going to cover brand new data that updates the data set from the SMFM initial brief back in 2016 regarding antiviral therapy for hepatitis B in pregnancy. We're also going to touch on which medication is currently approved for treating hepatitis C in pregnancy. That's a trick question and a trick statement. So we're going to get into that in a minute. But remember, in this podcast, in this session, we're going to focus on hepatitis B prevention tools for vertical transmission. Right now, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. However, even in these uncertain times, we will be certain to follow our life's calling to take care of the sick, the hurting, and those that demand and need our medical attention. This is Clinical Pearls. Right off the bat, let's just clear up the confusion about when antiviral therapy is allowed for hepatitis in pregnancy. Is it allowed for hepatitis B and or hepatitis C? Well, the truth is, medication is only approved right now for hepatitis B in pregnancy, with some caveats. Remember that according to both the CDC and SMFM, there's just no currently approved or proven therapy that can reduce maternal-to-child transmission for hepatitis C viral infections. So although there are DAA medications, that's direct-acting antiviral meds for hepatitis C, in general, they're not yet approved or recommended for use in pregnancy. But for hepatitis B, maternal antiviral therapy is recommended when the viral load calls for maternal treatment. Back in 2016, this was first put into the practice guideline by SMFM, and that was, again, their hepatitis B in pregnancy console series, and it was number 38. Yeah, I might have said 36 before, but it's actually number 38. We're going to get into those guidelines in just a minute. But this podcast really was fueled based on new data that hasn't even come out yet. This is an article that's published ahead of print out of the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology. The lead author is Wen. That's N-G-U-Y-E-N. The title is Comparative Efficacy and Safety of Pharmacological Interventions to Prevent Mother-to-Child Transmission of Hepatitis B Virus. This study is a systematic review and network meta-analysis, and we're going to touch those results in just a minute. But here's a take-home message. Look, what's the best way to reduce hepatitis B vertical transmission or maternal-to-child transmission in pregnancy? Well, there's two answers. One is the use of antiviral medications when appropriate, and two is treatment of the newborn. Both of these issues are going to be discussed right now. 
this new article that hasn't even gone out in print yet brings up a very important point, and that's different than the SMFM 2016 Bulletin on Hepatitis B in Pregnancy. Again, that's number 38. Because traditionally, we didn't check for Hepatitis B E antigen. Again, I'm going to go over the guidelines in just a minute. We all know about hepatitis B surface antigen, but the issue is what about hepatitis B E antigen? And this new article, this new systematic review touches on that and really makes the point that that's vital to help us identify which women can be best treated with the right medication to prevent mother to child transmission. Now, before we get into this soon-to-be-released Gray Journal article on the systematic review, let's go back to 2016 and touch on some main points by SMFM in their console series number 38 regarding hepatitis B infection in pregnancy. Of course, SMFM, ACOG, and CDC all recommend routine screening during pregnancy for hepatitis B viral infection by maternal hepatitis B surface antigen testing. It's also recommended to administer hepatitis B vaccine with HBIG within 12 hours of birth to all newborns of hepatitis B surface antigen positive mothers or those with unknown or undocumented hepatitis B surface antigen status. And that's regardless of whether maternal antiviral therapy was given during pregnancy or not. It's also recommended by SMFM that in pregnant women with hepatitis B viral infection, that hepatitis B viral load testing be done in the third trimester. Now, what's odd here is that although they do call for antiviral maternal medication, when the maternal viral load is greater than six log to the 10 copies, that's like over a million copies, it doesn't make any reference to hepatitis B E antigen testing. Now, let me just clarify something here because I hate when articles do something in quote log 10 copies per ml end quote verbiage because nobody talks that way, right? But this is very easy. So, for example, if something is one log 10, that's literally just one zero after the one. So that's number 10. So, one log 10 is the number 10. So, two log 10 means that there's two zeros. Involved. So 2 log 10 is actually 100. 3 log 10 is 1, 0, 0, 0. That's 3 zeros or 1,000. Make sense? So 6 log 10 means nothing more than there being 6 zeros after the 1. In other words, that's a million. So this is a large number that we're talking about here, okay? That's why people don't like this because they're like, wait a minute, you want me to wait for treatment until the viral load is greater than a million copies per ml? The answer is yes. So why then this emphasis on maternal hepatitis B DNA viral load in the third trimester? Well, there is a reason for that. Maternal hepatitis B DNA levels or viral loads has been demonstrated to be the strongest predictor of neonatal immunoprophylaxis failure. In other words, the higher the viral load of the mom, the greater the chance that the HBIG and vaccination are going to fail. 
Does that make sense? So there is a role for viral load testing in the third trimester as a prognostic factor. But this new article from the Gray Journal is now calling hepatitis B E antigen into play because if that also is positive, then that can show the greatest benefit for tenofovir selection. So it's not just the level of hepatitis B DNA or viral load that should trigger medication, these new authors say that regardless of the viral load of hepatitis B, if they have the E antigen, then that's a greater sign of infectivity and those patients need tenofovir. See the difference? 2016, it was all about viral load and the log 10 number cutoff of when tenofovir is recommended. But this new data says that's great and that's important. But if they also have hepatitis B E antigen, then those patients also should be treated with tenofovir. Now remember that even with hepatitis B infection, breastfeeding is not contraindicated. Actually, women should be encouraged to breastfeed as long as the infant receives immunoprophylaxis at birth. That's hepatitis B vaccination in addition to hepatitis B immunoglobulin or HBIG. And lastly, SMFM reminds us that cesarean delivery is not recommended for the sole indication of reduction of vertical hepatitis B transmission, nor is it necessary to avoid usual obstetrical practices when it's indicated. In other words, if you need to do a amniotomy or place internals to get a better read of labor, then go ahead and do it. The presence of hepatitis B viral infection should not alter routine obstetric management. I know that makes people a little uncomfortable, and it's true. Invasive procedures during labor and delivery, including internal monitoring or episiotomy or operative vaginal delivery, may theoretically increase the risk of transmission. That's true. However, the availability of neonatal hepatitis B viral immunoprophylaxis is thought to ameliorate these risks. So the current opinions, again, do not support altering routine obstetrical practices. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So this brings us to the new study from the Gray Journal. So why was that study even done? Well, the truth is, as the authors admit, there's just been a lack of data, a lack of granularity in the evidence of maternal hepatitis B E antigen status to determine the most effective strategy to prevent vertical transmission of hepatitis B viral infection. To do this analysis, Medline, the Cochrane database, and Scopus databases were searched up to 2020. So it's pretty recent for systematic review, although we're already into 2022. All randomized controlled trials reporting vertical hepatitis B virus transmission with pharmacological intervention were included. In all, 19 studies were included for mothers positive for hepatitis B surface antigen and the envelope antigen. Remember, that's the E antigen. They also looked at what was the greatest chance of reducing mother-to-child transmission. 
And what was the key finding? Well, considering the addition of maternal tenofovir to infant immunizations with HBIG and hepatitis B vaccine, only the addition of tenofovir significantly reduced the vertical transmission of hepatitis B. In other words, it represented the most effective intervention among other antiviral treatments for those mothers that were hepatitis B surface antigen positive as well as hepatitis B E antigen positive. So as we get to the end of the podcast, what do we do with all this? Well, there's a couple of take-homes. One, it is recommended to not use risk factors, but do universal testing of all pregnant moms for a hepatitis B surface antigen. And even as another systematic review and meta-analysis that was published in the Lancet Infectious Disease last year in 2021 showed hepatitis B E-antigen also has a role in looking for those at highest risk of maternal-to-child transmission. In this 2021 systematic review and meta-analysis, whose first author was Pacheron, and that title was Accuracy of Hepatitis B E-antigen to Identify Pregnant Women at Risk of Transmitting Hepatitis B Virus to Their Neonates, a systematic review and meta-analysis, those authors found the same thing that hepatitis B E antigen can be used as an alternative to viral load to try to find which moms are at highest risk of passing this infection onto their child despite the use of HBIG and hepatitis B vaccination for the child. That's just not enough. So identifying those mothers who benefit from the first-line therapy, which is tenofovir, if their viral load is across a certain number, generally accepted as about a million copies per ml or 6 log 10, then it's also vital to check hepatitis B E antigen as another marker of immunoprophylaxis failure to the child. In other words, those two issues, hepatitis B surface antigen positivity and hepatitis B E antigen positivity, both raise the risk of maternal child transmission, so those patients should be treated antepartum. Now, you know I can't end the podcast without giving this disclaimer, right? And I know what some of you are thinking. Oh my goodness, hepatitis B in pregnancy? Look, if they're positive, I send those folks to infectious disease. I send those to to MFM. And both of those are good answers. That's okay. But you still need to be aware of what the data is so that you can have these conversations with your MFM provider or your ID provider. And I'm not saying not to consult those individuals. That's great. But you also need to be able to have this educated conversation about viral load, hepatitis B, E antigen, and when tenofovir is recommended or at least a a consideration for prevention of maternal-to-child transmission. Remember, no antiviral medication has yet been approved or recommended for hepatitis C virus in pregnancy, but for hepatitis B, there is a medication and it's tenofovir based either on maternal viral load and or it's hepatitis B E antigen status. Well, podcast family, that brings us to a wrap. Again, we have kind of summarized a new article that's not even out yet, but will be coming out soon in the Gray Journal called A Comparative Efficacy and Safety of Pharmacological Interventions to Prevent Mother-to-Child Transmission of Hepatitis B Virus, a Systematic Review and Network Meta-Analysis. Man, that's a long title. Also, guys, I'm sorry if this kind of seemed rambling at some point. I think as I get older, my loose association of thoughts are getting worse. I think I need more caffeine. 
as always, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that you're part of our podcast family. And I'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.